Hello and welcome. You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God has given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out at soh.church. You can download our mobile app. There's a great uh, set of resources on there. There's a digital Bible so that you can follow along with us. And if you are listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe. It helps us out a ton to get in front of people. Uh, And we want to go ahead and expand this study. Amen. I am pumped that we have gotten through the Sermon on the Mount, we were in there for what, three? Uh, I, you know, I meant to before this. I wanted to count how many episodes that we had. We, I mean, we had to be in for a little more than three weeks. And we went line by line and moment by moment. And Jesus had so many incredible, uh, incredible keys to the kingdom that he laid out uh, for the crowds and that we're able to enjoy and read uh, today. And I hope, uh, I hope that you were blessed by it and uh, how we ended. If you remember yesterday was that the crowd was astonished. And if you remember why, because he spoke as one with authority, not as the scribes did, right? The scribes were those that would, you know, write down the word and pass the word along. And that's how they handed down God's word in a form of written uh, tradition. And they were looked at as the most authoritative of the time, as were the chief priests. And what we see is Jesus starting to draw real contrasts, real distinctions between himself and the religious leaders of that time who were really the only examples of righteousness. And if you remember that he said, if you are, unless you are more righteous than the Pharisees, you will not see the kingdom of God. And, uh, and that was a bit of a slap to those who walked around and were haughty and, uh, you know, wanted to show everybody how good they can pray and how good they could fast. But Jesus said, don't do as the hypocrites do, right? Do, what you do in secret is blessed. And I mean, we can go through all the principles there and, but they, they saw that he had authority with what he said. And if you remember, we discussed, there's a difference between saying and doing right. Saying is good. Saying is important, but what do you do? What do you believe on the inside? Well, we can certainly take a look at what our actions are. And see if what we believe, right? Our actions are really an expression of our inward beliefs. So I love this next part because now we're out of the teaching. And what did it say in Matthew chapter four? It said that Jesus went all throughout Galilee doing what? Preaching the good news of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom and healing the sick. Not only was he willing to talk about it, he was willing to do it. Now, if this transition that we're about to experience and read in scripture does not exemplify the heart of what we are trying to do in this Bible study each and every day, I don't know what was, what is. 
Jesus taught and then he displayed. He spoke God's word. He taught God's word. And then he went straight into actions. And how do we start every single study, right? We get together for 1% of our day. And I was going to do this too. Didn't have time, obviously. But I bet if you go to Matthew 5 and go through Matthew 7, I bet you if you read that straight through and you did so in a way that you were reading to a crowd. Now, we know Jesus wasn't reading. That was his sermon, best sermon ever written. Actually, I would love to maybe do uh, a teaching where we just kind of go through it in one fell swoop now that we went through it. Maybe maybe we'll do that. But I bet you take about 14 minutes and 40 seconds to go through a 1%, somewhere between maybe 15 and 20 minutes is like we spend every day. And what do we say? We get together for 1% of our day, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing, to do something kingdom. And that's what I, I pray that you do when we leave here every day. doesn't mean that you, you have to run into the streets. If you feel led to do so, do it. But every one of us leaves this study and goes to work, goes to different places, interacts with people. And you have the opportunity to be God everywhere that you go. So we're going to look and see what Jesus did with his 99% now that we went through his 1% over the last three weeks. Let's get to it. Because now we're going to get into some of Jesus's day to day. Matthew 8, verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. So they didn't just stick around uh, for the teaching. They followed him around to see what he was going to do. They were watching and observing him, observing him. If to probably to see some of them, if what he just said was real. And mark my words, you can post as many social media posts about Jesus saves, Jesus loves. You can get your John 316 t-shirt and wear it out. But unless you're doing the things that Jesus does, unless you're loving like Jesus, I'm telling you, the world's going to wonder if what you say you actually believe. I'm speaking to myself just as much as I'm speaking to all of you today. So the crowds are following Jesus, and it says, a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Powerful moment, and certainly a test. Would have been a test for all of us. I'm not saying it was a test for Jesus, although it might have been. Scripture tells us that we have a high priest that was tempted in all things, yet he did not sin. So everything that you feel, everything that you struggle with, Jesus, to some degree, felt that very thing. And he didn't sin. He didn't He didn't take the bait. And why that's so powerful is, is we know we have an example. We know it's possible. Jesus was the first to make the impossible possible for us. And we need to understand what it was like in regards to leprosy. Leprosy is still in this world and and still parts of the world that, that deal with it. But somebody who had leprosy was now basically condemned to a life of solitude. It's a disease that is very, very painful. It's disfiguring. 
and it's contagious. And if you know anything about Jewish customs, there's a lot about being clean and unclean. And the rule pretty much was this. If you had leprosy, you had to stay six feet away from everyone else. And I'm not going to get, look, I'm not going to get political in any way. And this is a hot button topic. But one of the things that absolutely broke my heart when we went into the pandemic, because I never, I never stopped. And the folks at Sound of Heaven, we can attest for this. The second that 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 happened, the second that a lot of the churches around us were shutting down soup kitchens and shutting down food pantries and things like that, we said, oh, no, oh, no. And I reached out to them and I said, hey, let us open up, you know, let us open up. I'll I'll pay an industrial company to come and clean. But if you've got food, let me distribute the food. And they, most of them said no. And I'm not mad at him. It was a, it was a difficult time, but I did believe at that time. And I spoke with Johnny and, and other leaders at the church. And I said, Hey, if there's any time for us to step up, it's now. Are we the church or are we not the church? Are we the church or do we just have a building that we call the church? Because that word church in the Bible is the word ecclesia, which means called out assembly of people. It's not a building. It's not stained glass and statues. The church is me and you. So why do I, why do I say this? Because it broke my heart as I was going and I was buying food in the in the uh, in the supermarkets every single day with donations that we were receiving financially, and I saw people staying away from other people. And what did we say? Stay six feet away. That's the, that was the rule. So as I'm reading this this morning, as I'm preparing for this word, and this just jumps on me like six feet away, huh? Six feet. And what really broke my heart and what I had to fight too is that we didn't know what was going on. We knew that the thing was contagious. So really we became somewhat enemies. We became distant from one another, afraid to even smile, couldn't even smile with the masks on our face. It was a very difficult time, and I know that. I'm not taking any sides anyway. I, if you know me enough, you know what side, you know where I'm at, right? We just had somebody on the live stream, Brother Andy, said he spent Easter, right? We had a big service in the parking lot, and it was amazing. But we did things to try to bridge the gap, to remove the masks, remove the veils, because it was a very difficult time. But I, I, the reason why I bring that up is because you see the mentality of I am not getting near you. Actually, the rabbis would brag about how they treated people with leprosy. Social distancing was in full effect. And now, check this out. If, if the wind was going in, to, uh, in the direction from behind, you had to stay 150 feet, just depending upon the direction of the wind if you had leprosy. So you want to talk about being an outcast. And you would think with Jesus' example that we would behave better. You would think that we would, but in the Middle Ages, actually, if, if there was a leper, if you got leprosy, the priests would actually perform the burial service right then and there so they didn't have to do it by the time you decayed and died because you were already dead in their eyes. Talk about the church dropping the ball, right? I know we're coming up on the 1% here. 
But uh, I, I mean, you, you get where this is at. The society and everybody's looking at Jesus as what he's going to do and what does he do? Let's check it out. First, he's first. I want to point. I want to point this out too. The man with leprosy knelt before him. He didn't just beg Jesus. He took a position of worship. Apply that to your life. For those who have ears, let them hear. Do we? Do we have a? Do we take a position of begging God, or do we take a position of worship for our breakthrough and healing? He took a position of worship. He said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. There was no doubt in his mind that Jesus could do it. But was he willing to do it? And we get stuck in this very place, right? Even as Christians, card carrying, Bible reading, going to church, Christians. We say, well, he can do it. But will he do it for me? Is he willing to do it for me? Is he willing? He's willing. But we think for some reason that others qualify, but for some reason we're too dirty. I'm going to keep reading. I'm not sure if you can see the text on my screen. I'm, I'm getting mixed reviews from all of you on the live stream today. But I'll read it to you. And you guess what? You can go back. Matthew chapter 8. Read, read along. Read along with us. Read afterwards. Again, take that 99%. This is just a start. 100 starts with one. But let's wrap this up here. He says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Verse 2. Verse 3. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. He said, I am willing. And of course, Jesus didn't have to touch the man. He could have just said it. But Jesus wanted to show. He wanted to exhibit his authority. Check this out. They He left the teaching. He left the teaching. And everybody said, wow, this man has authority. He speaks with authority. And then he went out and he acted with authority. He acted with authority. He said, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately... He was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Why did he do that? Well, I think for a couple reasons, and I'd love to hear from you what reasons you think. But I believe that Jesus wasn't looking for celebrity status. I, I believe there's a couple reasons why. And we know that the man went and told. He knew he, knew he was going to. He knew he was the man was going to go out and and share exactly what happened. But Jesus, one, wasn't looking for celebrity status. Two, I believe that he was rolling things out in a way that was strategic. He did not need to disrupt that region any more than he was going to, and he needed to make it to certain places. Right. So he sometimes would tell people, you don't need to tell everyone, go and and, you know, pay homage to the temple, but they knew everybody around him knew said the multitude was there just because that guy didn't tell somebody. He think the crowd wasn't going to tell everyone, but Jesus knew what he was doing and where I want to close with this is this, right? Are you stuck in a place 
where you feel like you are too dirty to be helped, that somehow you disqualify? Are you there? You know Jesus can do it. God can do anything, right? But is he willing to do it for you? He is. God is no respecter of persons. So whether it's addiction, whether it's anger, whether it's overeating, whether it's, uh, I mean, we can just go down the line. What is it that you deal with on a daily basis that makes you feel like an outcast? See, Jesus was willing to do what others were not willing to do. Jesus was willing to do what we're not willing to do for others or willing to do for ourselves. He's willing. Not only is he willing, but he can. So if we have a God that won't withhold gifts from us, right? It says in scripture that he's given us every spiritual blessing that there is in heaven. What's holding you back? What's holding you back? Is it that you think that you're not worth it? Because Jesus says you are. See, we still sometimes go to Jesus and say, are you willing? And he will tell you he's willing. But my prayer for you as we continue to study these kingdom principles, as we continue to learn more about Jesus, about the Father, about the Holy Spirit, about that triune nature of the one beautiful, majestic God that we realize that not only is he willing, not only is he able, but he does. And scripture says, those who believe will see the glory of God. So that's what we aim to do every day, to build up our faith, to take this moment and to build us up, to learn his principles so that we can go out and like Jesus, we can take action and we can change this world. Amen. You are a world changer. All authority in heaven and earth has been placed upon Jesus. And it is an authority that you and I will enjoy if we're willing to act, if we're willing to believe and we're willing to take action. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you that you are willing, Lord, to heal us of anything. For those of you right now that are dealing with some sort of an ailment, I declare healing over your life. You just say that right now. Say, I am healed. For those, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual, whatever has been on your heart, whatever you have been wondering, if God is willing to do, know today he's willing and embrace your healing. Say, I am healed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare healing over every single person within the sound of my voice. I declare victory, Lord God. We thank you that you are willing in every circumstance to, to just bless us and walk with us, Lord God. And today we make the decision to walk with you, to not only hear your word, but to do your word in Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out at soh.church. You're listening to the 1% Christian, where 100 starts with 1. I love you guys. We are going to continue through more of Jesus' day-to-day ministry and healing tomorrow in Matthew chapter 8. Have an awesome day and do something amazing for Christ's sake.